Well, hello, hello. Welcome to Orchid Bloom's podcast. Welcome back, bloomers. My name is Orchid Brown, and I am the host with Orchid Bloom's podcast. You can find me on Instagram and TikTok at Orchid Eye Brown. Don't forget to follow the Ambitious Obsession Network on Instagram at the Ambitious Net. Today's podcast episode is going to be on soul ties. I have had requests for this podcast episode last year from a few listeners, and I am finally answering your request. So let's get to it, because I have a feeling this is going to be a long podcast episode, and because of that, we cannot dilly-dally, we're just going to have to get into it. Soul tie is an intense spiritual connection between two people that results in a mutual learning experience. We can have all sorts of relationships with many different people in our lives. It is not always easy to discern what exactly is happening within a relationship when you are the one in the middle of it. Soul ties aren't just about sex. Sex can strengthen and enhance the soul tie, but A soul tie is a connection with someone deeply embedded into your soul. The first time I heard about soul ties was in church. I had no clue what the hell it was, so I looked it up. While trying to understand what was a soul tie, I kept seeing the term twin flame. I thought, okay, what is that? But we will get into that later on in the podcast episode soul ties they say that it happens after you have had intercourse but in my experience with soul ties i never had intercourse with them or the people the guys anyways the soul tie experience felt more like more spiritual than physical to this day those guys that i felt a soul tie with never led to anything sexual to solidify the connection But all my research kept referring to sex. So it was very difficult for me to kind of connect with what I was researching due to the fact that I just kept bringing up sex. I never had sex with any of these guys, but the connection was strong. Soul ties is an attachment, a strong attachment. You feel as your hopes and dreams are intertwined with this soul. You can't see your life without them. You think about them every day. You feel an overwhelming surge of feeling as if you can't breathe without them. Uh, It can be scary. You have dreams about them. You have no clue as to why these dreams are occurring, but you just find that you're thinking about them a lot more than you feel that they're thinking about you. But in some cases, Some people are blessed to be thinking about someone constantly, and then that person is also thinking about them as well. A soul tie is an over-spiritualization of normal feelings. You feel an emotion, emotional bond to that person. For some people, it's a shared experience, and others go on to never knowing if the other person feels the same. The latter was my experience. The soul tie with that person made me feel like I knew this person to their core. I could feel what they were feeling and I felt crazy for it. Like, what is this? When I saw the term twin flames, I thought, what is that? 
and will it explain what I am experiencing? A twin flame is an intense soul connection with someone who is thought to be a person's other half, which is also called mirror soul. It is based on the idea that sometimes one soul can get split into two bodies. When I read that, I thought, isn't that a soulmate? Now I'm wondering, what is a soulmate? A soulmate is a person with whom one has feelings of deep and natural affinity. This may involve similarities, love, romance, platonic relationships, comfort, intimacy, sexuality, sexual activity, spirituality, and compatibility, as well as trust. I know there was a lot of definition that I provided, but when I was doing this research years ago, I went down a rabbit hole. just trying to find an understanding. Why does why do they all sound the same? How am I supposed to differentiate? You have different names for things that sound quite similar. To me, it all sound the same. But with the different names, I just really truly needed to understand. But with my experience that I thought was a soul tie was actually a twin flame. Let's break that down. Every relationship has something to teach us, and twin flames are often considered the one that will teach us the most. I have to say, in all of my twin flame experience, I think I've only had one, to be perfectly honest. I don't know why I said all. I learned a lot. It was challenging. Looking back, I am grateful for that experience. Meeting your twin flame is considered by some to be the most powerful soul encounters a person can experience. One of the the main characteristics of a twin flame relationship is that it will be both challenging and healing. This is due to the mirroring nature of the twin flames. They show you your deepest insecurities, fears, and shadows, but they also help you overcome them and vice versa. Your twin flame will be equally affected by you most importantly each person is still whole on their own i can confidently say that the experience did not make me lose myself and that's something that i greatly appreciate about what i experienced being in that twin flame connection i felt that spiritually i i reached a a heightened sense of that. I don't know how else to explain it. It was almost like I went to the next level. I walked out of that feeling that I will never be the same again, in a good way, not a bad way. In reality, relationships are meant to encourage you to be more complete with your own right. Before we get back to soul ties, let's go over 11 signs you found your twin flame. The first, there is an instant recognition when you meet there will be an intense sense of attraction recognition and longing they say when meeting a twin flame often feels like home i have to disagree (laughs) i felt uncomfortable when i experienced it to the point where i was freaking out the whole day it was scary it wasn't exciting for me i remembered asking god why I have been good, you know, you know, when you're in that 
period of your life, that season where everything is just good, you're good with you, everything in your life is going good, and you just feel at peace, that's where I was until this dude decided to rear his ugly head. All I heard was God laughing. They they felt familiar, an undeniable intense bond as though you have known them before. I can't say that when I met my twin flame years ago that that's how I felt, that like I'd known them before because that was far from it. I was just doing my own thing. I was having a blessed day. I was happy. And then out of nowhere, I just I was just sitting down and it was like a, a room full of people. And I just happened to look to one side of the room and I just saw the back of this dude's head and I was like, oh, okay, but ignored it. I got up and I went to do something else because I was helping out at the time and I was still good. Like nothing sparked, nothing flared, everything was good. But out of all the people in the room, I kept staring at this one dude's head, like the back of his head. I didn't even see his face. So while I was on the other side, just kind of doing what I needed to do, um, you know, what I, what I, I offered my services. And so I got everything done. And as I, now that I finished everything, I decided to go back into the other room just to kind of listen to what was being said. And as I'm walking into that room, he was standing right at the doorway talking to this girl. And in that moment, I felt, I felt jealousy and I have never felt that before. Like, I mean, I've always had guys that I was interested in and I saw them with other girls and I was like, hmm, like it's like a mental note, like this girl, they're talking, but never to the point where I actually, you know, felt it, but I felt it. I felt like this bitch is walking up on my territory and I don't know who he is. I don't even know his name. I don't know anything about him. So I was like, you know what, Orchid, you're kind of acting a bit crazy. It's not normal. This is not you. So just exit yourself from this emotional experience and calm, calm down. Just calm down. And I remember just walking through the hallway because that was the only hallway to get into that room. And I didn't want to take the other door because then I'm going to be on stage with the person that's speaking. And I didn't want that kind of attention. So my only option was to go through this door. So I was like talking myself down as I'm walking through this door. And he happens to be standing on one side of the door and the other girl was standing on the other side of the door and they were talking. And you can tell, like the closer I got, she was just so in love with him. And I was like, oh, that's cute. But deep down, I was like, whatever. And I walked over and I figured that they would have felt my presence there and maybe part like the Red Sea so I can pass. They didn't. They were both just still talking and acting like I wasn't standing there. So I had to literally say in a nice, strong, firm voice, excuse me, I need to pass. And of course, the way I said it, you know, it came off with an edge. And I was like, this is my introduction to this dude with the back of his head that I was staring at for a few minutes, wondering why I'm staring at this person. And he just stepped back. So did she. She looked at me with eyes that said, I'm sorry. I didn't need her to say it. Um, but he would not look at me. He just kept staring at the girl in front of him instead. 
And so I was like, all right, well, that's cool. But in the back of my mind, I was like, you're trying really hard not to look at me. And I'm thinking, do you know me? Because I don't know you. (laughs) I've never met you in my entire life. What is going on here? So I just walked right through them. And then I went and I stood at the back while listening to what the person on stage was saying. Because once they all get up because it's finished, they're going to go into the other room and I'm going to be helping to serve drinks and food. So I was just standing there and abruptly out of nowhere, even though I walked right through them, he ended the conversation with the girl immediately and came up behind me and he said something and I can't remember what he said, but it shocked me, shocked me to the point where I had nothing to say. So I just looked at him and I I just turned around and I walked away. I didn't have anything to say. I didn't even know what to say. But he, he made a comment, I guess, about the way I said, excuse me. But he was doing it in a very fun, flirty way to almost call me out because he read right through it. And I was like, this motherfucker decide that his introduction to me was going to be calling me out on my aggressive comment towards them. I had to walk away because I was breathless. I couldn't breathe in that moment. That has never happened to me because at this point we were looking at each other face to face, eye contact, all of it. And he's just standing there smiling at me as he made the comment because he knew he was pushing a button and he wanted a reaction. And I was like, not right now because I can't breathe. And I just walked away. That was my experience of instant recognition when I met him. And the way he spoke to me, even though he did not know my name, he did not know who I was, we've never met in our entire life, he was talking to me as if we knew each other, like we were friends. Number two, you're very similar. You and your twin flame may find that you have a lot in common as far as values, past experience, and interests. Both of you will find that your past stories has a lot of coincidences and similar experiences. Number three, you complement each other. In these areas that you aren't similar, you'll find your differences complementing each other, almost like yin and yang. Their shadows will be complemented by your light and vice versa because twin flames mirrors each other. Number four, your insecurities and doubts are amplified. The purpose of your twin flame is to support and help you with your divine mission and purpose. Often this type of relationship will reflect your problems and deepest insecurities so you can work through them to heal and grow. Number five, they feel magnetic. From the moment you meet and still to this day, you feel drawn to them physically when they're near you. It's as though their energy is always with you, always wanting to be closer. And with the meeting that I had mentioned, I didn't want to get too much into that, but the meeting that I mentioned, I didn't see him again for some time. He ended up coming back to that place where another person was speaking and he was there to support that person. 
And so I avoided him like the plague. I mean, avoided him like I was hiding (laughs) at some point because I never wanted to experience that situation again. I'm usually a confident person. I know how to speak to people. I know all of this stuff, but this was the first time in my entire life that I was afraid of somebody. So towards the end, um, I ended up talking to his brother, but I didn't realize at the time that they were brothers because they don't really look alike. Somehow he happened to be behind me, but not too close, just standing there behind me. And I remembered um, someone had brought over a girl to talk to him because I guess she was interested in it as well. Again, he's very magnetic. He walks into a room and a lot of people notices him. He just has that impact is, is a correct term for, for what he does when he walks into a room. And so the girl was standing and they were talking and I guess um, I was talking to his brother at the time and we were having a, a great time. And then the brother says, you know, because I was making fun of him. I'm like, you're so tall. <laughs> Just teasing him. I love teasing guys. And he was like, yeah, I'm taller than my brother. And he happened to overhear that. And I said, your brother. Um, and then he pointed at his brother. So I turned around and realized that this is his brother. They don't look anything alike at all. And I remember thinking to myself, of course, the one person I happened to be talking to at this event happens to be related to him this is great i've been avoiding eye contact i see the back of his head and i'm like oh no you're back again oh my god and towards the end where everyone's mingling he's not that far away from me and i'm happen to be talking to his damn brother Ugh, so frustrating so i looked over because at this point he sees me looking at him He knows we're talking about him. And then we slowly walked over while the girl was doing her best to try to create a a connection between them. So she just kind of kept listing off all of these topics, but he just seemed like he was completely disinterested. So I walked over and I said, oh, your brother was telling me, you know, that he was taller than you. And he's like, no, I'm taller than my brother. And I'm like, no, you're not. You're pretty short. They weren't really that short. He was slightly taller than him, but... It was my turn to tease this fellow. So I might as well get it in while I still could. He completely ignored the girl that was talking to him, literally shifting his entire body posture to make, I mean, it was almost like she didn't exist after we had that little tiff. And he just decided to go into a debate on who was taller. And I said, well, well, let's test this theory then. I said, stand back to back with your brother and I'll tell you which one is taller. So they did that in front of me. And I was like, still, your brother's taller than you. And he's like, no, he's adopted. He's not even my brother. And I'm like, what? And he's like, he doesn't look anything like me and my family members. He's adopted. And I was like, no, he isn't. He looks like his mom's side of the family. Just stop. So we ended up talking for a bit. The brother decided to disappear. And I was like, wait, was this planned? Was this staged? Because he literally vanished after this conversation. He, he acted like he was standing behind me. And when I turned to look around, he was gone, just gone. And I'm left alone to talk to this dude while the girl is still standing there waiting for him to remember that she's still standing there. And we ended up getting into a whole conversation. Some people came over, they were participating in the conversation and it was great. But when i talk about magnetic 
that's the type of person that he was. We could have a conversation all day about nothing. I mean nothing. And for some apparent reason, it was entertaining to both of us and we were having fun. I made sure to take that opportunity to point little things out just to make him feel as uncomfortable as he did when we first met. And so when that conversation was over, I knew that I was going to leave an impression that he was going to go home and think, damn. And that's what I got. We were very similar, especially how we approach the situation. When he did something, I did it right back. I'm that person. Turns out he's that person. So that kind of connects to the the part where I mentioned that we're similar. They're similar. When you meet your twin flame, you literally feel like it's a mirror of you. Six, the relationship is tumultuous. Being with a twin flame is like constantly being confronted by yourself, mainly the part of yourself you may not like. It can be incredibly challenging, but it facilitates major growth for both of you. Number seven, the relationship is very intense. There is a definite emotional charge between the twin flames and they often develop quickly because you already feel so familiar. Because you are so connected to a soul level, you feel things deeply together, which often makes for more intensity and passion. Number eight, you keep coming back together. At some point, one of you may walk away out of fear, anger, etc., but you'll often come back. Number nine, your connection feels divine. When you find your twin flame, there is a certain larger-than-life quality that likely feels divine and predestined. There is a feeling that you have been brought together by a higher power, which creates a strong bond between the two of you. Number 10, you have an almost psychic connection. You and your twin flame can likely communicate with just a glance and you always know what the other is thinking. You may even feel each other's emotions or symptoms. An experience that I had with my twin flame at the time, years ago, that would connect to those statements of number nine, your connection feels divine, and number 10, you have an almost psychic connection, is that one day, he and I were having an argument, but it wasn't really an argument, it was almost like a conversation because I felt so calm in that moment, but I can feel that he was having a hard time expressing himself because he was just feeling emotional. And in that moment, I felt something that I've never felt before. And I'm going to try to explain it because I still to this day have not find the proper term to explain what it is or had someone explained it to me where it would make a lot of sense. So I'm going to attempt to try to explain it. So the term that I gave for what I experienced in that moment, I called it the 3D experience. And the reason why I called it the 3D experience is because we were having a conversation. Now we weren't yelling. It wasn't like bad. It was just two people having a conversation. 
he's being emotional and I'm trying to understand. But at the same time, I could understand everything he was saying, even though he was making no sense whatsoever. So he was telling me something, but my response to him was on an emotional level. So if someone was to hear our conversation, it really made no sense to them. Because he's saying one thing and I'm saying something completely different. But he's still having the conversation with me because I'm responding to his feelings. And he that's what he needed from me in that moment. So I'm standing there and I'm super calm and I'm talking to him. And then for some apparent reason, my vision got blurred. Like, okay, am I going to pass out? Why? What's going on? But it wasn't like that at all. It was almost like I was having a, a projection, an out-of-body experience where I'm talking to him, I'm calm, we're still talking and I'm looking at myself talking to him as like a third person. So I'm receiving what he's saying and I'm getting two different connections, two different conversation out of our interaction. And I'm receiving his words and then I'm also receiving his emotions on the other side where it's almost like there's two projections of me and then, I'm, and then I'm responding to what he really wants to talk to me about, what he really wants to express. And I just felt like there was three of me standing there and we were just responding to him based on whatever he was giving off. So I called it a 3D experience. I felt like a spirit, but I was outside of my body and receiving all the messages, but then my solid form me was responding to him on the most important part that he was expressing which was the emotion i was responding to his emotions not his actual words and we were actually having a fluent conversation like i said that no one would understand because he's talking about something completely different and i'm just responding to what he really wants to talk about so we ended that conversation like nothing ever happened it was both satisfying as well as understanding all in one. I mean, I went home and I was still freaking out because I've never experienced that in my entire life. Like, how are you having a conversation with someone and you're having a literal out-of-body experience with this person? No one else is watching. I'm literally standing on the outside. He's standing on the inside and we're having this discussion and it's like nobody else exists except you and him and you're talking and you're expressing yourself and you're responding. He's shooting off something, you're shooting off something, and somehow you're both satisfied with the conversation and you both have an understanding through that conversation, even though the conversation itself made no sense. One day I will figure out what that is called, but I needed to kind of explain that for number nine and number 10 because that's what I experienced in that moment. And to this day, I look back at it with a wow because I've never experienced that again. And I mean, I have met other people that I've had soul ties with, not twin flames, but soul ties with, where they can talk to me without saying words and I can completely understand what they're saying without any words. And I can respond back to them without giving any words and they will receive that message within the same room. So that's how I kind of distinctly separated my experience with him 
with other experience with people that I may have had a soul tie with. Because with him, it was a more intensely spiritual, emotional encounter. It was on a different level. I have never experienced that at any point in my life. And to this day, I still have never experienced that again. Actually, that's a lie. I did experience it last summer with somebody, a guy, but it was out of the blue. It made no sense to me. And to this day, if you asked me about it, I wouldn't even know what to say. I wouldn't be able to even tell you if it was a twin flame or a soul tie. But I know that it was on a spiritual level and I've never experienced something like that before. But what I can say about that experience with this specific person during the summertime is that they knew exactly what they were doing on a spiritual level. The understanding of how to manipulate energy and manipulate not in a bad way, but know how to access someone's spiritual plane and almost it's almost like you're having an out-of-body experience with that person but on a different dimension it was crazy i to this day i i'm like i have so much research to do because even after doing this podcast episode i still can't tell you what i experienced last summer with this person back to the list number 11 they push you to be and do better because twin flame acts as a mirror they challenge us to do better And oftentimes your purpose are aligned in a way that pushes both of you to new heights. I can say that the connection with that guy truly helped me. When we parted ways and came back together, which led to the conclusion of that shared experience, I realized that emotionally I wasn't ready for this. There were so many aspects of us that I didn't need at that time it i wasn't ready so when he said to me one day that we can't speak anymore or be friends i was heartbroken but i felt relieved that was the first time i saw that my presence in his life was affecting affecting him he couldn't do it anymore he wanted something easier something more peaceful. I understood that because that's what I wanted. I wasn't ready and I chose to respect his decision. He never saw me again. There are eight stages to twin flame relationships. Stage one, yearning. This is a a deep longing in this phase. You feel them like air, heat, humidity. Stage two, the meeting once you meet your world will be rocked prepare to fall fast when you meet it is instant insane attraction stage three the honeymoon phase your relationship is new meaningful and positive stage four challenges emerge sooner or later core wombs emerge and differences arises in the relationship these challenges are a reflection of the soul work the two of you need to do on your own. It's often not about improving the relationship, but rather improving yourself. Stage five, the test. All your insecurities will rear up as you start to question yourself and each other. In this phase, one partner may avoid the other or even abandon the relationship while the other feels emotionally insecure. I did this. 
So I understand the test. (laughs) I just wanted the peace I had before they came into my life and mess that up. It's an overwhelming experience when you have a twin flame with someone, a mirror of your soul. It's crazy. Stage six, the chase. Someone will always walk away. Twin flame relationships have a ton of push and pull. Part of the chase is the reward of each of each person. But there will be a time when one partner will pull away and this causes separation. As I mentioned before, the particular person said that he couldn't speak to me anymore and we couldn't be friends. And I knew that when he said that, it was out of hurt and pain. Maybe he felt rejected. Maybe he felt abandonment because he did have abandonment issues. And I had figured that out through the spiritual connection that we had due to the twin flame. Because if you actually met this person, you would have never thought he was dealing with any of these issues in his life. You would have never thought that he just felt so low within himself. If you ever met him, you think he's one of the most confident person you've ever seen. Everything he touches is gold and he's just extremely successful at whatever he puts his mind to. So to feel that with him and then we would have a conversation where I'll say, wow, you have abandonment issues. And he just, he didn't understand how I got there, but really it's due to the connection. I just knew that he was completely overwhelmed with the emotions that I brought out of him just being a presence in his life. So after I respected his decision and I never contacted him again, and then he never saw me again, on an occasion, I had to go somewhere and I didn't realize he was going to be there. So I ended up going there. I met with a friend And while I was walking into the building, I didn't even notice he was there. And I just walked into the building and out of nowhere, he just stopped me and he said, hi. And in my mind, I was like, what the fuck? (laughs) I looked at him and I'm like, wait, isn't this the dude said that he didn't want to talk to me? And also the same dude that said he didn't want to be friends. So I just looked at him and I said, hi. And I just kept walking. And I went inside and I sat down again, could hardly breathe because I was like, oh my God, that just happened. And I just continued to distract myself to just erase what just happened in that moment. Um, I mean, he was talking to me like normal. He was talking to me like we were still friends, even though he had asked that we separate completely. And now I'm confused. But unfortunately, regardless of what he just did, that didn't really change the fact that we both can't handle what each other's presence in our lives really stirs up and brings up in a moment it's almost like all of your crap is thrown at you all at once and you can't really focus on one when they're all looking at you in the face right so i sat there and i was talking to a few people i shaked a bit of hands and you know we went into a room and someone was uh, presenting and doing a presentation and i remember just sitting there and i just felt this odd feeling like someone was watching me and after the meeting was over, you know, the person that I was sitting beside came over to me and there was, there was like, they said to me, do you know that guy? And I said, oh, we've met before, but I wasn't going to go into too much detail. And the person said, well, he was literally breaking his neck beside you because it was like a long, a long chair going in a horizontal way. And there was a few people between us, but he was literally breaking his head to stare at me 
And I kept wondering, who's staring at me? (laughs) So when this person said that to me, I thought, oh, that's what was happening. Because at this point, I was trying to close all of the connections that I had with him so that it would be easier for me to walk away. And he spoke to a bunch of people. He shook everybody's hands and he came over to me last and he shook my hand and said, it was nice to meet you. And I said, it was nice to meet you. And he left. And I thought, you know what? I'm good. I'm good. But once he left the room, I felt like I was holding my breath the entire time. And I realized he still impacted me that way. I need a lot more time of separation from this person. I still never messaged him and I made damn well sure that I never bumped into him again. Stage seven, the surrender. This is the surrender into the relationship and a big picture for you both. You accept and allow each other to be who they are, flaws and all. This is where you come back again. So my surrender looked differently. I understood that he wanted me to accept him for who he was, flaws and all. But what he was asking me to do was turn a blind eye and become complicit in the self-harm. Not physical self-harm, but to blindly support his lack of development. Meaning support his destructive behavior for love. I knew myself. I couldn't do it. I was not the person for him. My surrender were tears, a lot of tears. The morning of the end. Stage eight, coming home. And finally, once you're fully surrendered and accepted your destiny, your life begins and balance feels restored. Shared meaning is created and there is more empathy and understanding in the relationship. In this stage, you support each other and continue to facilitate growth for the other. Coming home, from my experience, was acceptance. Accepting my actions, my behavior, and my decision. I came to terms with everything and released myself from regret. The best way for both of us to facilitate each other's growth was a part. It takes a lot of courage and strength to do that. Now, I know I focused on Twin Flame more, but that was my experience. And I really wanted to just kind of touch a little bit on what I experienced. But I felt that sharing a little bit of the story would go a long way. The difference between twin flames and soulmates. I mean, and one of the reasons why I had to to go down this route is because twin flames does sound a lot like soulmate. I mean, to have someone mirror your soul and you are so connected on that level, on such an intense way and intense form, like, come on, it has to be. This person must be your soulmate. But let's talk about it. The biggest distinction between a twin flame and any other types of soulmates is that twin flames are two halves of the same whole. A soulmate can be thought of as a person cut from the same cloth as you. They, there's a deeper familiarity and you feel very close, but you aren't the same soul. Two separate souls. A soulmate changes who you are by bringing you 
closer to your true and authentic self. Soulmates have contracted to be together and they don't always mean romantic love. You can have a soulmate that are friends, pets, family members, etc. Twin flame relationships are incredibly potent, powerful, and rare. They are strong, but it doesn't mean that they are unbreakable. It's still important to work on a conscious partnership and your own individual growth. Soulmates are two people who are soulmates. <laughs> Did I just say that twice? Soulmates are two people. <laughs> they, they feel linked on a soul level in a significant or extraordinary way. You might feel you have known each other in a past life or that your soul agreed before this life to meet up now. <laughs> Some people could be your soulmate in many different ways. There are 12 types of soulmates. Let's go over them. Number one, soul partner. A soul partnership could be with someone you, you know intimately for your whole life. It could be with someone you barely know for a short time. Soul partners are significantly designed to help support you in this life emotionally, professionally, or in any other way you require to accomplish and, and experience what your soul plan to do here on earth. Number two, soul ties, which we will get into after we go through this list. I mean, I've already touched on it. I just need to continue the writing for that. So give me a moment. Let's just finish this list. Number three, past life soulmates. When two souls have shared a significant past life together, if they meet again in this life, they may be inexplicably drawn to each other and the sexual chemistry can be off the charts. What people are feeling is the buildup energy over other lifetimes together and a soul recognition. So number four, karmic soulmates, known as wrecking ball soulmates. Instead of thinking of karma as good or bad or a system of punishment and reward, think of it as merely a neutral energy of cause and effect. Karmic relationship may come into our lives as change agents who facilitate through positive, negative, or neutral interaction opportunities and invitations to improve our karma so we can grow and evolve. Keep in mind that the soul craves new experiences, growth, and evolution. Number five, romantic soulmates. Romantic soulmates can tend to tap dance on their biggest wounds or challenge you to uncomfortable ways. When two souls enter a romantic relationship, they're also entering a classroom together. Number six, twin flame. We already covered that, so let's move on. Number seven, companion soulmates, aka soulmate friends. <laughs> Think of them as spiritual sidekicks, people who seemed destined to be in your path so you both in turn can give each other love and encouragement when needed to keep going on your earthly odyssey. Number eight, soul families and soul groups. 
large groups of souls can be linked in soul families. This can show up as actual family members in this lifetime, like a cousin who is not only part of your earthly family, but also your soul family, or as people working together on common goals who never meet, like activists around the world or globally working for a similar cause or spiritual seekers working to bring more love and awareness to the planet. Number nine, kindred spirits. I've heard this term before, but I never understood why this person kept saying, I'm looking for my kindred spirit. And she went on, was it plenty of fish or tinder? I don't remember which one it was, but she went on one of these dating sites and she definitely did not find her kindred spirit. So kindred spirits are simply people who really understand you. You might feel a kindred spirit is someone who shares the same spiritual beliefs you have or agrees with you about cultural issues to the point. You could finish each other's sentences. Number 10, soul contracts. An agreement you made on a soul level to do certain things in this lifetime. Number 11, soul teachers. A healer or mentor can come into your life via online timing because they're a soulmate teacher. Number 12, soul crossings. Ships that pass in the night. It's a phrase used to describe someone who comes into your life, but the timing or circumstances are not conductive to a long-term relationship. Now that we've covered all the types of, of soulmates, let's now go back to soul ties. The idea that intercourse causes a soul ties has roots in the Christian tradition to to perpetuate the idea that if you have sex outside of marriage, you will be connected to someone. The fear. <laughs> Not all sexual partners go on to feel emotionally bonded to each other after the experience. Some soul ties have affected people negatively, but some soul ties can be positive if healthy. Let's talk about the seven signs of soulmates. Number one, you feel connected on a deeper level you are bonded spiritually. Number two, they emulate strong reactions from you. There's a level of intensity to soul ties. You can be sure everything will be amplified, the good and the bad. They feel familiar. You could have the feeling you, you knew them somewhere before, or if, they're if they've only been in your life a short while, feel as if they have always been around. Number four, you may feel like they complete you. Oh, gosh, that statement, you complete me. <laughs> when a soul tie activates an attachment womb, you may feel like this person completes you. This is especially true in the case of romantic soul tie relationships. Number five, your relationship feels unique or one of a kind. They are unique and offers an element of newness. Number six, they show up at a significant time. Soul ties can show up at pivotal times in your life. Perhaps this person shows up at exact moment you needed them for 
help, healing, or expertise they have to offer. And last but not least, number seven, a part of you feel like it's missing if they're not in your life. The feeling of having a soul tie with someone can often become painful. And if things go south, as soul ties can often turn into attachments, a lot of times people may experience a feeling of brokenness as if a part of them is missing because there's no longer connected to this person. Now, soul ties can also become toxic and one-sided. Feeling as if someone can complete you or you're somehow broken without them are actual signs of attachment. People look for their partners to complete them and they get lost in their role as a partner within a relationship and lose their individuality. This can influence that negative attachment. In the Christian community, it is called an ungodly soul tie. When I started to experience negative soul ties, I had to go to a pastor about breaking ungodly soul ties because I really did not know how to break them. And he gave me a prayer. I think he gave me about two of them, actually. I had to go looking through my filing cabinets and my storage box for this, for the podcast episode. I used it and it worked over a few days, sometimes weeks, till I felt nothing. All I wanted to do was get out of there. So out of the two prayers that he gave me, I can't say that, you know, I can't tell you which one worked for me, but I used them both. That's how desperate I was to break a soul tie. Very desperate. So the first prayer that the pastor had given me, a prayer for breaking soul ties, it began with, thank you, Lord, for revealing to me this block in our relationship. I was like, gonna start like that okay father god i repent for allowing this unhealthy soul tie of and the name of the person i repent the sin of idolatry of allowing this relationship to become a hindrance in my life with you i forgive the name of the person for their part in making and strengthening this unhealthy soul tie i break the soul tie in the name of jesus and renounce every unholy part of the bond I break any hold that the demonic has in this soul tie and send them to the feet of Lord Jesus. I call back every emotion, thought, or part of the will that was given to this person. And I give back every emotion, thought, and part of the will that was imparted. Thank you, Lord, for your healing of my mind, will and emotion and the wholeness that you bring amen that was the first prayer that was given to me the second prayer because i really wanted it to stick so i used it all (laughs) i didn't just go okay i'm gonna do this prayer tonight before bed and then if i wake up in the morning and it didn't work then i'll do the other one no i was determined to break the soul tie so i did them both before bed i was not playing So the second prayer was, Father, in the name of Jesus, I submit myself completely to you. I confess all of my emotional and sexual sin. This is the one that I didn't really connect with, but I did it anyways, because usually if I have a soul tie or a twin flame, whatever it is, I have never had sex with them. It's just an emotional and spiritual connection with these people. So I could never 
use the term sexual sin because I've never had sex with them. But I still read it anyways. I confess all of my emotional and sexual sins, as well as my ungodly soul tie. I confess my ancestors' sins of maintaining ungodly soul ties. I choose to forgive my ancestors and each person with whom I have an ungodly soul tie. I ask you, Lord, to forgive me for my sin that resulted in ungodly soul ties. Lord, I receive your forgiveness. Thank you for forgiving me and for cleansing me. I choose to forgive myself for this involvement. I will no long, longer be angry at myself, hating myself, or punishing myself. Lord, I break my ungodly soul tie with the name of the person. I release myself from him, her, it, and I release him slash her for me. As I do this, Lord, I pray that you would cause him slash her to be all that you want him or her to be and that you would cause me to be all that you want me to be lord please cleanse my mind from all memory of ungodly union so i am totally free to give myself to you and to my spouse i renounce and cancel the assignment of all evil spirits attempting to maintain these ungodly soul ties. Lord, thank you for restoring my soul to wholeness. I choose to walk in holiness by your grace. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray, amen. Those two were the two prayer that I prayed that night. And I just patiently waited to see if it was going to work and it did. I can't actually tell you the time frame because once I did the prayer, I literally woke up the next day and I went off with my life and I did things as I would normally do. And the opportunity came along where the person's name was mentioned or I bumped into them and I felt nothing, nothing whatsoever. It was such a blessing. What people don't understand is that demons can use negative soul ties to transfer spirits from one person to another. Soul ties can be dangerous in that sense there's always a good side and a bad side to everything and that includes spiritually you don't know what type of energy what type of spirit and what you're inviting into you i know that there's a lot of people out there that discusses how to close that doorway into your soul so that negative spirits cannot invade and affect you but I still haven't figured that out yet. But I mean, once I learn that information, I will definitely come to the podcast and pump out a podcast episode for you. But that concludes this podcast episode. Thank you for supporting the Orchid Blooms podcast. Visit our website at taonetwork.ca and our social media pages, which are Facebook at The Ambitious Obsession Network, Instagram at The Ambitious Net, Twitter at The Ambitious Obs. My personal Instagram page and TikTok is also at Orchid Eye Brown. Don't forget to click the follow or subscribe button under this podcast, Orchid Blooms Podcast, and share your favorite episode with your family and your friends. I hope you have a splendid day.